0: Hello, and welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines, people working to understand viruses and how they affect you. We are talking with students, postdocs, and other virologists so that you can learn who they are and what they do. I am Larissa Thackeray, and I am hosting this podcast from America's Heartland in St. Louis, Missouri. On June 16, 2022, we talked with Amy Davis, a graduate student at the University of Tennessee Health Sciences Center, who works at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. She received her bachelor's degree at the University of South Florida in Tampa, and currently she studies astrovirus infection in the brain. Thanks for speaking with us today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So my name is Amy Davis. Uh, I am a third year graduate student at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, I perform my research though at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, where I research uh, astrovirus infections uh, within within the brain.
0: Oh, cool. And can you tell us a little bit about how you first became
1: interested in science and then virology? Absolutely so uh, my interest in science came about my freshman year during undergraduate my undergraduate program. Um, I was kind of just taking classes getting through the general education program um, I wasn't quite sure where my interest was or what I was good at It wasn't until I took an intro to biology course where I really realized, wow, I really understand this and this is something that I'm actually you know I, I was doing really well at and making good grades in the class um, I thought I wanted to initially go into the medical profession. So I started with my major in uh, pre-med, but then when I kind of discovered research working in a biotechnology laboratory during undergrad, I got a taste of research and I figured it was, I realized it was something that I was very interested in. Uh, That's when I switched gears, changed my major to um, uh, cellular molecular and microbiology with an emphasis for research. And after I graduated, um, I was more interested in doing cancer research. I was very interested in, in performing cancer research and, you know, getting hired at St. Jude. However, I had a lack of uh, research experience under my belt. So I did have a difficult time getting a job fresh out of getting my degree. Uh, so I did get to the point where I was expanding my applications to more than just cancer laboratories. Um, When I did apply to a virology laboratory and I got the position here, um, I fell in love with virology and that's, that's where I've stayed ever since. So after I got hired here, I was hired at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital as a laboratory technician where I performed a lot of surveillance for astrovirus infections and immunocompromised hosts. And these infections were focused on intestinal infections. Um, so after a couple of years of performing surveillance and doing uh, you know, projects with some of the postdocs and some of the lab staff here, um, I decided I wanted to go to graduate school And, um, so that's when I started, I matriculated in January of 2020, and now I still research astrovirus infections just in a different capacity. Now my, my research focuses on astrovirus infections within the brain.
0: Great. And, um, can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, the application process and sort of like, it sounded like you were you know, very interested in astroviruses, but did you have to do rotations to consider other labs? How did that work for you?
1: Right. So that's a great question. I took a little bit of a non-traditional route for, a, you know, to be said in, in, a, in a couple of different ways. So not only did I take a couple year break in between undergraduate degree and the starting of um, the graduate program, but in addition, I was so interested in what I was doing and I was very interested in the the, the idea of this project that I would have taken on in the lab that I was working in as a laboratory technician, I opted to do a direct admission directly into my lab. So what that means is that I was not required to perform rotations. I decided to just, Hey, I know that this is the lab that I'm going to join. You know, I, would like to just get started and, and get right in, start on my project and, and hit on running with this. So I feel very fortunate that Although this, this aspect of this project was new, you know, the central nervous system in the brain was something that was completely foreign to me as I got started, but I, I was starting with a bit of a background. I already knew astroviruses and I already had that background. So I kind of started, on level ground instead of starting from scratch,
0: Right, right. And can you tell us a little then about the lab that you're in? Um, what what, what uh, attracted you to it? What do you like about it? Who's in it? This kind of thing.
1: Sure, so my lab is incredible. I, I absolutely adore everybody that I work with. We have a very fun lab. We're a relatively large lab. We have, I believe, right around 15, 15 people, including graduate students, postdocs, and staff, including techs and the, the scientists. And um, our lab researches um, respiratory viruses, primarily influenza, and now a little bit of SARS-CoV-2, um, as well as astroviruses. So there's a couple of us that work on astrovirus. Most people work on influenza, but everybody works together. It's very collaborative in our lab. Everybody has fun. We have fun while we work. I've made some really incredible friendships over the years in this lab. Um, we work hard. We play hard. You know we our, my mentor Stacy really sees how much effort and how much work that we put in. And I feel very appreciated and very respected in this lab. I'm very fortunate to have, have been accepted in this lab and ultimately gotten hired as a tech and then, you know, able to, to direct into it for my graduate studies.
0: Right, Right. So can you tell us then a little bit about astroviruses? So I think a lot of times people know when they think about vomiting, diarrhea, they're usually thinking about noroviruses. So can you tell about astroviruses that are kind of like the neglected peasants or what have you? Um, they still obviously cause a lot of infections. Maybe tell us a little bit about the GI part and then maybe talk about your work more looking
1: at the brain. Yeah, I'm happy to. So um, yes, astroviruses are a leading cause of viral induced gastroenteritis. So it is thought that it's possible, it could be the leading cause. So right now it's considered to be the second leading cause. Um, However, it's it's underdiagnosed. Most people um, have antibodies to an astrovirus. There have been prevalent studies that have been performed that shown up to 90% of individuals have antibodies to astroviruses by the age of nine. But it's self-resolving. So most individuals will have a couple days of vomiting and diarrhea, and, and then it just self-resolves. So there's not always the the necessity for hospitalization. Therefore, it it's relatively underdiagnosed. So there's that possibility that it could, you know, surpass norovirus as well as, as far as prevalence. Uh, so yeah, most people know astroviruses as a gastrointestinal virus. However, since the year 2010, it's been shown to be a causative agent of central nervous system infections. Uh, To date, I believe there have been 13 reported cases of astroviruses causing uh, central nervous system disease. And these are primarily seen in immunocompromised individuals. They're primarily seen in uh, children. And unfortunately, they they more often than not uh, result in fatality. So the questions that I'm trying to answer with my research project is not only what is the mechanism of these infections, but also how is the virus, is it, how is the virus getting to the brain? Is it escaping the gut and and traveling to the brain? Is it surpassing the gut and just going straight to the brain? Is it crossing the blood brain barrier? So my research focuses on those kind of questions. How does it get to the brain and what happens, what is happening when it gets there?
0: Cool. And How do you study that then? Is there an in vivo, like a mouse model? Are you using tissue culture systems? How are you studying those questions?
1: Sure. So my research primarily utilizes uh, cell culture. Um, I do a lot of work with primary brain cells, including astrocytes, pericytes, uh, the brain microvascular endothelial cells that line the blood brain barrier, neurons and microglia. So most of my work is performed in in cell culture. However, we are trying to develop um, a mouse model to study these infections. So we know that mice um, can be infected with murine astroviruses, you know, within the GI tract. However, we're still trying to determine if it gets to the brain, how does it get to the brain? So we're trying to see if this mouse model will be an appropriate model to study these infections. But up to date, i primarily work in cell culture using monocultures. I'm trying to develop, I'm working on developing a co-culture model to represent the blood-brain barrier in vitro, um, as well as the, discuss- we haven't moved forward with the use of organoids, but the discussion of perhaps using brain organoids, if we need to get there.
0: Right. And this particular um so this outbreak, or or this, um, I guess appreciation now that the astroviruses can go into the CNS, is this due to new patients in a way, or is it is it a new strain of virus? What's thought to be causing that, or or we just never
1: appreciated it before? Right. So a couple of things. So uh, astroviruses are being detected. In the brain, through the advance of technology and through um, next-gen sequencing, so with the advent of, of of all these better technologies, we are able to to detect it better. But in addition, astroviruses, when patients uh, present to the hospital with with any sort of CNS disease, astrovirus is not on that panel of pathogens that are normally routinely screened for. Uh, you know, with these. So it's possible that there there may be more than these 13 known cases. Um, it's possible that it just could have gone undetected, and you know when when this panel is screened for, and it's it's not any of this list of viruses or pathogens that they see, they just say, well, we don't know what it is. It's possible that it is. Astrovirus. Um, in addition, there has been um, one specific strain of astrovirus. It's called astrovirus VA1 that was discovered relatively um, recently, around the same time that that these CNS infections started occurring. Uh, and VA1 is actually the the causative agent of the majority of the cases. There is very little known about VA1 thus far. There is there is been little research, but, but we're making headway. It has recently been able to be propagated in cell culture. So that really opened the door for us to, to start moving forward on really understanding this particular genotype.
0: Great. And what was, uh, I guess, since that was kind of a breakthrough, what did it take to actually grow the virus? So um, people might not realize, you know, obviously to study them, a lot of times you have to have you know, uh, reverse genetic system. Let's see my old boss boss, who said you need three things, mouse model, reverse genetic system and tissue culture. So tissue culture is a big deal to be able to grow a virus. So how did that, how, how did they actually do that?
1: Right. So this was actually completed by Dr. Andrew Janowski, who's actually up there in, in St. Louis as well. Um, this was performed by passaging it a number of times through cell culture until they were able to get it propagated in Keiko 2 cells, which are the gold standard cell line for astrovirus research. Um, So he was able to passage it a number of times, optimize the treatment conditions, you know, with, with media composition, et cetera. So with, with getting it in cell culture, it's really allowing us to understand more about VA1 infections. Um, Right now targeted in um, um, intestinal infections, but Dr. Janowski as well has able has been able to show um, it's been able to infect some, some CNS cells as well. So that's really opening the gates for us to move forward with looking at this genotype.
0: Right. And um, people talk a lot, I know, because now the pandemic about viruses changing and antigenic shift and all this kind of stuff what is what is true for astroviruses? Are they very diverse? Do they change over time? Do you have new lineages of astrovirus? Um, what's the deal with them?
1: Right. So, astroviruses—they are pretty diverse. They can infect a diverse range of hosts, including, you know, a number of mammals, birds, reptiles, fish. It, Astroviruses can infect a lot. And interestingly, VA1 is actually more closely related to mink astrovirus than it is to other human astroviruses. And that's something that's really caught the attention of of those of us in the astrovirus world is that it's more similar to mink astroviruses. And mink mink astrovirus has been shown to also cause CNS disease in mink. There is a disease called shaking mink syndrome um that that closely resembles these cns infections that are seen in humans as well so as far as the diversity astroviruses are are very diverse they they can infect a lot of different um hosts so it's interesting that the one that we're primarily seeing is more actually it's actually more closely related to to someone other than a human astrovirus
0: right and can you be infected with astrovirus multiple times? Do you develop immunity to it? How does that work sort of like in, in humans?
1: So we, our lab has actually done studies or done small pilot studies on looking at, um, can humans or can, in cell culture, can they be infected with, with two different astroviruses perhaps, and seeing if, you know you can be infected with with a human astrovirus genotype and VA1 at the same time. And those are studies that are still kind of in the works. Um, so I don't have a direct answer on on whether or not you can be infected with two different strains, but that's definitely something that our lab is interested in answering.
0: Right. I mean, I guess I was actually more thinking in humans, astrovirus infection is more associated with children. Like you go, um, Dave Wang's famous study where you go to the daycare center and there's astrovirus galore kind of thing, but, and it's less common in adults or at least less appreciated in adults. So is that because you sort of develop an immunity to the astroviruses or is it just that you're not as exposed to them? So, can you be infected again and again, sort of with astroviruses?
1: Right. So, that's an excellent point, too. Uh, that's an excellent question because we do develop these antibodies early, you know, earlier as, as children and everything. Um, so, I do believe that it's kind of a combination of both, um, as, as I would think, with the antibodies that you've developed, you know, when you were infected as a child you know, to help with the, um, the immune, the immune response aspect of it.
0: Right. Right. Um, and it will be interesting to see how the pandemic has affected sort of the transmission of astroviruses. Um, obviously there were some explosive neurovirus outbreaks Mm -hmm. happening earlier this year. So far, I haven't heard much about astroviruses per se, but it will be interesting to see how the ecology of that viruses has been affected essentially. Sure. Yeah. Um, Great. So are you uh, presenting some of your thesis work at ASV this year?
1: Yes, I am. I will be presenting at ASV on uh, the very first night of the conference on that Saturday, the 16th, I believe. Um, And my presentation will be focused on the question of what is the role of microglia in astrovirus infections of the central nervous system? So a lot of the case reports of human infections in the CNS describe not only um, the activation of microglia cells and astrocytes, but it also um, describes a number of times the observation of neuronal cell death. And that um, caught our attention because astroviruses are not associated with cell death as far as um, the intestinal infections. We know that astrovirus infections of epithelial cells, we're not gonna see cell death. So with these astrovirus infections in the brain, why are we now suddenly seeing neuronal cell death? Is it because of the virus? Is is it linked with uh, microgliosis perhaps? There are a number of citations out there that show that microgliosis and neuronal cell death are linked right so my question is is it possible that astroviruses are activating microglia that then contribute to a decrease you know uh, cell viability with neurons so that's what my talk will be about on on saturday at asb
0: great we look forward to that um i guess in following up um do you have any thoughts yet about what you would like to do after your PhD? It's still a little early in the game, I guess, but are you thinking, or do you have any sort of early thoughts about what you want to do afterwards?
1: Yes, I have been giving it some thought lately. Just as you know, the time is is getting closer and closer. Um, so I do foresee myself pursuing a postdoc. I would like to stay in the field of neurovirology. I love reading about different um, virus, neuroinvasive viruses. I love staying in, I'd love to stay in virology. Um, I have also considered industry. I am still still doing my research on what my options are. However, I love doing bench work. I love doing experiments and analyzing data. I, I, I enjoy being in academia. I do foresee myself doing a postdoc position somewhere. Um, Ideally, my, my goal is to hopefully find my perfect position back home in Florida. Uh, I grew up just south of Tampa. So I'd love to go back home and be closer to my family. But we'll just see what kind of opportunities are presented when you know, when the time gets a little bit closer. But to ultimately answer your question, I think I'll stay in academia and and do a postdoc following my following the program.
0: Right, right. And um, what has the last two years been like for you during the pandemic? How has that affected you?
1: Right. So it has for sure. Um, as far as as my research goes, so I really began ramping up my research just at the beginning of 2020. So I started the program in January of 2020 and then started to, I, you know, as I described previously, I hit the ground running with my research. And then when the pandemic really hit. And got really big in March when things started shutting down. Um, so St. Jude's, uh, St. Jude had to shut down it, and many many people went remote. Um, our lab, being a lab that does research respiratory viruses, primarily influenza, um, we, along with a couple of other labs, started working on um, the development and optimization of screening protocols for the virus. So while most labs were working, you know, doing their best to work remote and most of the employees at the hospital were doing their best to work remote, um, our lab, Stay, you know, stayed in because after we optimized and and developed this screening protocol, then we actually went through with the screening. So anybody who was required to still work on campus was getting daily screening, daily swabs, and then they were passed over to our lab where we where we carried out the screening for it. So that really put my research on pause for a few months while we worked on that. Um, I did. Stay on top of the that did give me an opportunity to stay on top of the literature and you know get some writing done. Um, so I did the best I could to stay on track. But as far as bench work went with my research, it did kind of slow it down quite a bit. Um, everything's kind of back. As far as my research is back to normal now, I am more back focused on. Uh, astrovirus and the CNS and all the aspects of my project. So but for the first year, it was definitely start off with a sprint, slow it down for a little bit, and then slowly get back into a jog so you can run again. So right, right. All right. Well, thanks so much
0: for talking with us today. And we look forward to hearing about your research at ASV.
1: All right. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciated it.
0: This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Thackeray, and thanks for listening. You can find us on Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast providers, or at lmtv.podmeet.com.